0: When the going gets tough, where do I find help? The going is getting tough. It's getting tougher and tougher for more and more people in our society, and not just in our society, but even within our own congregation, within our own circle of friends. The going's getting tough. More and more people are having difficulty paying their bills. Some are worried about the security of their jobs. Some are having increasing problems with their children. Others worry about the state of their marriage. For some of us, things are getting tough health-wise. It may simply be the problem of aging. For others, it's, it's a diagnosis or a disease or a disability that threatens our lifestyle or indeed our life itself. And some people, of course, worry because their faith has gone cold. They come here on a Sunday, they sing the songs, they bow their heads for the prayers, they listen to the sermon, but it all seems to have gone dead. Their heart isn't warm. They feel detached observers rather than participants in what's happening. So the going is getting tough in different areas of life for different people. Many people are asking, where do I find help? That's the question that's addressed in Psalm 121, which we're going to look at today, and I would suggest to you that you should try to follow it in the Pew Bible. When you look at this psalm, prior to posing the question, the psalmist begins in a very enigmatic way. He says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. And then he asks the question, where does my help come from? What's the writer getting at here? What has he in mind starting like this? Well, you know, this is a a much-loved psalm and we've long perhaps forgotten uh, why it was written, when it was written, how it was used. And to really begin to understand what the psalmist meant, you really need to begin there. Psalm 121 is is one of 15 pilgrimage psalms or psalms of ascent, they're called in the the Bible in the pew there. Psalms that were used uh, as the pilgrims were going up to Jerusalem for the various Jewish feasts. Every devout Jew, as often as he could, made the pilgrimage to Jerusalem. He'd go not alone, but with others from his village or town. Eventually there'd be a whole river of of pilgrims traveling together. But these pilgrimages could be dangerous. Exposure, thirst, hunger, illness, accident, attack by robbers. People sang as they went to keep up their morale they used these 15 marching songs as they traveled and also sung them around the campfires in the evening. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Were they thinking of robbers who might be hiding there, planning to attack them? Were they thinking of the pagan places of worship, usually located on hilltops, that they were passing as they journeyed? Maybe they were thinking of mountains associated with their own religious tradition. Sinai, where God met Moses. Carmel, where God defeated the prophet of Baal. Mount Zion itself and the hills around Jerusalem where they were heading. I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. It doesn't matter whether their thoughts were positive or negative about the mountains when they looked at them. Because verse 2 states clearly, it's not the mountains themselves that offer security, but the one who created the mountains. Where does my help come from? Verse 2, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. What's the psalmist doing here? What's happening? Let me try to explain by telling you a story. Most of you will remember the name of Kofi Annan. Kofi Annan was Secretary General of the United Nations from 1997 to 2006. How did he manage to gain the trust of the diverse members of the UN so that they were willing to appoint him to that post? Kofi tells a story about when he was young attending a Methodist mission school in his native Ghana, And he tells of a teacher who had a great influence on him. One day this teacher brought the pupils into his classroom where he had pinned on a a wall a sheet of white paper with a black spot on the paper. When everyone was seated, he said to them one after another, what do you see? Black spot, what do you see? Black spot, what do you see? Black spot. When he came to Kofi, Kofi said, I see a white sheet with a black spot on it. And that typified his life. He saw the bigger picture. He put the black spot into perspective. It was his ability to see problems and difficulties within that bigger perspective within the UN that enabled him to cope with many crises that he'd steered the organization through in his 10 years in charge. The Jews, you see, on their pilgrimage may have feared some robber that they thought was there in the hills or feared the power of a hill shrine of a pagan neighbor that they were passing. The psalmist is saying, see the bigger picture. These things mustn't overwhelm you. Your help comes from a greater power from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. It's the same with us. The black spot we see may be on an x-ray picture that we've had. Maybe on a bank statement or a bill. Indeed, it may be a red spot. These things mustn't overwhelm you. Your help comes from a greater power. The dot may represent trouble, but your help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth who is greater than any problem. Then the psalmist goes on to outline the type of help that God offers. And you see this in verse 3 in the Bible. He will not allow your foot to slip. Picture the pilgrim again, dirty tracks, dusty roads. Here's a picture of a God who's, who's not remote, but rather who stays close by to be there to help us when we stumble and are ready to fall. He's closest to us, we're told, also when we're at our weakest, our most shaky, our most insecure. We all know those wonderful words of 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. A few years ago, a young teenager that I knew well during his summer holidays was playing golf with a friend over there at Mount Ober golf course. It was hot weather just as we've been having this year. He collapsed on the course, was rushed to the Royal Victoria Hospital but unfortunately pronounced dead on arrival. He died suddenly of a congenital heart defect. He was an only son and I needn't uh, tell you how, uh, how overwhelming and how harrowing the, uh, the following days were. But his parents got through. And it was only some days after the funeral when the mother was talking to various people that she told us that a strange thing had happened to her and helped her during this traumatic time. The words of a song had kept coming back to her again and again. It wasn't a hymn. In fact, it was, I think, a country and western song, Lean on Me, some of you may know it. Lean on me when you're not strong. I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on. Sometimes in our life we all have pain, we all have sorrow. Lean on me when you're not strong. For her, that tune and those words that kept coming into her mind were a message from God to her, that she could lean on him, A message that kept her from falling apart, that he was there to lean upon. When the going gets tough, if things get a bit shaky for you, whatever heartbreak or hazard you're facing, It will not knock us down. It doesn't have to knock us down because on that difficult patch of the road, we've got the promise He will not allow your foot to slip. Lean on me. Lean on me. And the rest of the psalm tells us the extent of the care that God offers us as we seek to lean upon Him. If you look at verses 3 and 4, He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. When the going gets tough, nighttime is often the worst. We lie in bed and worry about the bills, we replay in our minds the conversation that we've had with the boss. We go over again what the doctor said to us and we analyze every word he said. We pray to God as we've done a hundred times about something that's oppressing us and we wonder why and why no answer comes. The message from God in these verses is this. The God who kept your feet from slipping in the daylight hours neither slumbers nor sleeps He's with you in the darkness of the midnight hour. Look beyond the dark spot, see the larger picture of his love, cast all your worries of him, worries of the day and of the night. He who watches you watches over you will not slumber. He who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. It's a twenty four seven package that he offers. The theme continues in the next verses of the Psalm. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. Imagine once again the original singers of this song, pilgrims on the road to Jerusalem. Imagine walking in hot weather, the sort of weather we've been having and hotter than this, walking for days, the sun beating down on you, little to drink. No cold drinks machines or coffee shops, no SD bells or barista. The occasional well and far too many people wanting to draw from it. Dehydration and sunstroke were dangers on the way. The picture here is of a God offering shade on the journey. When things get too hot for us on our journey, he's there to shade us too, And there's another meaning of the Hebrew word that's translated shade in this psalm. It's defense or protection. Again, it's a picture of a God who is near when the going gets tough, who will protect us. The Apostle Paul gives us the, the same assurance in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, God is faithful. He'll not let you be tested beyond what you can bear. When you are tested, he'll also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Maybe I should say a word about the moon. The moon by night. In the society in which people lived in Old Testament times and indeed far beyond, It was believed that the moon could exercise malevolent power over people, especially that it could make them go mad. The moon at certain phases was seen as a danger. This idea is one that's been in our own society too until, I suppose, recent centuries. The word we use for people with severe mental illness is lunatic from the same uh, root as lunar, moon, moon. What the psalm is saying is this. Whatever the dangers you face, whether in the day or in the night, God will shield you from them. He will protect you. In fact, the next verse, verse 7, there the writer spells out exactly what God promises. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. In March this year, the bicentenary of the birth of the great missionary and explorer David Livingstone was celebrated in Britain and in Central Africa. David Livingstone, as most of you know, went to work as a 10-year-old boy in a spinning mill in his home village of Blantyre in Scotland. He was self-taught while he was there. Eventually getting to university in Glasgow and qualifying in medicine. And shortly after his graduation, he heard the uh, famous African missionary Robert Moffat speak, and he decided that God was calling him to work in what was then called the Dark Continent. He gained a post with the London Missionary Society, and before heading out into the unknown, traveled up to Scotland to say goodbye to his parents. Both he and they realized that they might never meet again. The morning he was to leave them, they were up at five o'clock. David, David's father handed him the family Bible. Take prayers before you go, he said. David opened the Bible at the 121st Psalm. He read what we have read today. And when he came to this verse, verse 7, I've no doubt his sad but proud parents were clinging to it as a promise. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. David Livingstone set off for Africa and for over 30 years he crisscrossed the unexpected unexplored southern part of the continent he endured innumerable hardships and dangers he faced hostile natives wild animals disease deprivation i've just been rereading tim jeal's uh, biography of Livingstone, and you wonder how one man could endure so much but god kept him from harm he overcame every difficulty And he died on his knees by his bedside at Chitambu in what is now Zambia. His pilgrimage was a tough one. But God watched over him and the fruit of his labor is is seen in the massive growth of Christianity in southern Africa today. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. God doesn't promise an easy life or a trouble-free life but he does promise to watch over us and keep us in his care. And so we come to the last verse of our psalm. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. When I think of those words, I think of the words of Jesus. Jesus just before he left his disciples I will be with you always to the end of the age the same promise some of you will have seen Steven Spielberg's film Lincoln and you'll have been moved I'm sure by Daniel Day Lewis's portrait of this most sensitive of American presidents it's told of Abraham Lincoln that visiting a military hospital, he stopped at the bedside of a dying soldier. The boy didn't recognize the president. Is there anything I can do for you? Lincoln asked. Yes, replied the boy, I should be grateful if you'd write a letter to my mother. So the dying soldier painfully dictated his letter. Lincoln wrote it down. Then the lad said, "'Will you sign it so that my mother will know that you were so kind?' Lincoln signed his name, and when the soldier saw the signature, an expression of awe came over his face. "'I didn't know I was bothering the president,' he said. Lincoln spoke tenderly to him. "'Is there anything else I can do for you?' The dying lad hesitated for a moment and then said, "'Would it be asking too much, sir?' It won't be long now, it would be easier to die if you could stay and see me through. So Lincoln sat by the bed, 11 o'clock, 12 midnight, 1, 2, 3 in the morning, just as the first faint streaks of dawn were appearing. The spirit of the young soldier took its flight. The president gently closed his eyes, folded his arms across his chest. And with bowed head, he left the ward. He'd kept his word. He'd stayed at the boy's side. He'd seen him through. The God in whom we trust is one who walks beside us in life's journey, who guards us and guides us by day and night, now and always. He will see us through. He has given us his word that he will be with us to the end of the journey. He'll be with us when night falls and we go into the darkness. He'll be there to meet us when the morning breaks and the shadows flee away. The Lord will watch over your coming and going now and forevermore. Amen.